listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to www.redwoodbaptist.org. We hope and pray the message that you're about to listen to will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. Thank you. If you have a Bible, open it, if you would, please, to Matthew chapter 16. And I want to just say uh, again what a, what a privilege it is for my wife and I to be able to be back at Redwood Baptist Church in Redwood City to see so many old friends and meet new ones as well. And we thank your pastor and we thank uh, your staff for uh, all the kindness and uh, the different things that have gone on this weekend. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for that that, uh, large donation to our ministry. We we have never received, no church has ever given a gift that large before. And uh, Pastor, I'm, I'm just, I was trying to figure out how many churches we can start with that? And I, and I honestly don't know. I, um, I don't know. But, uh, but it's going to be a bunch. And uh, I would say we're going to be going from 50, we have 57, 58 now, 58 uh, men that we support now, families we support across the, across the 1040 window, across Asia. We're going to go, we're going to jump that maybe to 75 or so almost immediately. And uh, as a result of your giving, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, on behalf of your brothers and sisters in difficult parts of the world. Um, one of the things that, that, that uh, <clears throat> has happened in our ministry recently is that we have outgrown, um, we've grown, we've grown so, so rapidly that we now are, we are bringing, we're putting, putting out more money than we have bringing in as far as monthly support on a monthly basis. And so it necessitated us uh, to make a decision. Would we continue to live in China where we've been living for the last two and a half years and where we have our grandchildren and uh, our daughter and her husband and then base out of China going into other countries that we work in or would we turn that work over to somebody else and, and come back to the States and raise support so we can continue to, to, to add new, new pastors because at some point you reach that tipping point where we've got, we're, we're putting out everything that we're bringing in. We cannot take on new men unless we bring in new support. And so uh, if it was up to us, we would just stay in China. But it's not up to us. And uh, we, we, cannot, we cannot afford to just allow it to, to, to plateau and, and be right where it is now we're doing 58 guys, and that's great, but God, I, I believe that the needs are far greater, and God wants more, and God deserves more than just what we're doing. But one of the things I told my wife when we came back, I said, sweetheart, we cannot, we cannot stop going to that part of the world personally. I can't stop going there because I'm afraid if I do, I will forget what it's like to be there. And on behalf of your brothers and sisters that live in conditions that you would not, you can't even fathom. Open sewers in the streets. The poverty is just, is sometimes overwhelming. Sometimes when you go through those areas and you work with those people and then you, you get back to, you back to the hotel or wherever you're staying and it's just like, I, I just got to kind of close the door. I can't, I can't, I can't deal with this emotionally. And yet those are real people and they, they have real lives they have real feelings. They're just like us. They just didn't happen to be born in America. 
and they are, and two-thirds of the world lives over there. Two out of three people, uh, two-thirds of the people of our, of, our, of our planet live in the 1040 window. And so thank you on behalf of those that have yet to be reached, and uh, by your generosity and your gracious giving, we plan to plant churches in, the, in that part of the world and continue to do what God's called us to do. In Matthew 16, 18, <coughs> I apologize for my voice, and, uh, but it is what it is. God knows. And uh, so this next time we come through, we'll, this cold will, be gone, cold will be gone, and we'll have, have a little, be able to do a little better here. <coughs> Matthew 16, 18, the Bible says this. Jesus made this statement. I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, speaking of himself, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to come back to our text in just a moment, but first of all, I thought in honor of your anniversary, I might give you a little bit of trivia, especially when we consider that your pastor, though a good man, was not even born when this church was started. <clears throat> he's a good man. He's a, he's a, it's not his fault that he happens to be such a young man. <laughs> I was also a young man when I came here, brother. <laughs> in 1974, when we started this church, here's the verse that God gave to us to con consolidate in our mind that we should come to this, church, to this city. Ecclesiastes 3.14 says, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it that men shall fear before him. I knew that we should come, whenever we came 70, uh, or I'm sorry, in 1974, 45 years ago. But I did not know that all of the different changes would, would take place in the years to come. It's not an exaggeration to say that the world we live in in 2019 is completely different than it was in 1974 when this church held its first service. In 1974, President Richard Nixon resigned after the Watergate scandal. He said this as he left, you won't have Dick Nixon to kick around anymore. The top song was The Way We Were by Barbara Streisand. The big movies included Blazing Saddles, The Towering Inferno, and The Trial of Billy Jack. When we came here in 1974 to start this church, the price of a postage stamp was 10 cents. You could buy a brand new automobile for $2,408. The world population was 3,928,000. G.I. Joe, with the Kung Fu grip was released that very year. The World Series champions were the Oakland Athletics. Super Bowl eight champions, Miami Dolphins. My personal favorite thing about 1974 that changed my life personally was that in 1974, liposuction was invented in Rome, Italy. <laughs> changed my life. <laughs> A lot of things have changed in 45 years. If, allowed, if the Lord allows us to go another 45 years, no doubt many things will be different when Pastor Johnson has me back for the 90th anniversary of Redwood Baptist Church. But thank God, some things have not changed. God has not changed. Malachi 3.6, he said, I am the Lord, I change not. God's word has not changed. Psalm 119 and verse 8 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Matthew 24.35, Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, my words shall not. The needs of the human heart have not changed. The grace and the love of God have not changed. The promises of God have not changed. Everything you need to see your church 
make a difference for God is still available by His grace. Everything that was available to my wife and I when we pulled our little U-Haul truck into the Redwood City 45 years ago, everything we had is still at your disposal. Whatever God's, God had for us, He still has today. As you begin the remainder of your history, you don't know what changes lay ahead, but I want to give you one eternal truth that you can rely on as a church. A simple yet profound truth in our text. Jesus is the founder, he is the builder, and he is the protector of the church. Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Think about all that's contained in that simple statement. Jesus is the founder of the church. He said, I will build my church. When we first got to Redwood City and we found a place to rent, we were, I was out knocking on doors and I was, uh, I was on a side street there in, in, here in Redwood City. I was knocking on doors. I came to an apartment building and I knocked on all the doors on the bottom uh, floor and then I went upstairs to the second floor. I was walking along the second floor, knocking on doors, had my, had my Bible, New Testament Bible, had a, a group, some gospel tracts, was knocking on doors and, and uh, inviting people to Christ and inviting people to the church and, and uh, leaving a track if they were not home. <clears throat> so I was knocking on doors and a, a, a police officer came driving by. He drove slowly down the street and he looked at me and I looked at him and I just kept knocking on doors. He went on down the road and then he stopped his car. He backed up and he backed up and he stopped, he stopped, and he rolled his window down. I was up here knocking on doors. He was down there on the street. I was on the second floor. And, uh, and I just kept knocking on doors, going from door to door in the apartment complex. And this police officer rolled his window down, and he looked at me, and he did this. He put his finger out the window, and he said, I said, he said, I don't know, I don't know if you speak police language or not, but... In police talk, means come down here right now. That's what that means, interpretation. <clears throat> so I came down. <coughs> I walked up to him, and he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on doors, and I'm, I'm in, and, and giving gospel tracts to people. I'm inviting people to our church. He said, well, do you have permission to do that? I said, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I have permission. I remember I was 24 years old. Dumb as a, dumb as a whole handle and, 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 uh, and had a little more courage than I probably should have had. I said, yes, sir, I have permission. Jesus is the owner, founder of our church, and he personally gave me permission to do this. And the police officer looked at me, and he said, I, I, I don't mean, I mean, do you have a written permit? I said, oh, yes, sir, I have a written permit. Here it is right here, Matthew chapter 28. And I opened my Bible, my New Testament, Matthew chapter 28, and I read to him the Great Commission. <laughs> and he looked at me, kind of frustrated, like he didn't know what to do with this kid, and he said, well, I don't, think you need, I don't think you people need it anyway. Just, you know, be careful. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> Went back upstairs, continued knocking on doors. You see, Jesus is the founder of the church. It's important that we remember that this church belongs to Jesus. It always has, it always will. It is his church. It's not our church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's not the pastor's church. It's not the staff's church. Now, we are members, and in that sense, we are part of the body of Christ, and this is our church and we ought to take ownership of it. But, but we always have to remember, ultimately, Jesus said, it's my church. I will build my church. Jesus is the owner, um, the, help, the founder of the church. Not only that, he is the builder of the church. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build. I will build. Now, I'm not advocating laziness 
or a lack of burden. But as leaders, we have a tendency to take too much pressure on ourselves for the growth of the church. You see, churches grow through, they go through seasons. That's why the Apostle Paul said to young Pastor Timothy to be faithful in season and out of season. Sometimes we're in season and we see the growth coming. Sometimes we're out of season and we go for periods of time where we don't see the growth, numerical growth coming. Uh, we have to realize that, that, that God's in charge of that. Now, again, I'm not advocating that we don't do our part, but I'm simply saying, ultimately, it is God that decides how much this church will grow. Sometimes we're in the planting season. Sometimes we're in the watering and cultivating season. Thank God, sometimes we're in the harvest season. Open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and let me show you a passage here. The church of Corinth had at least two pastors by the time the Apostle Paul wrote this first letter. Their pastors were Paul and Apollos. Now, the indication from the text is that the church members were beginning to compare the two pastors they'd had, and they were picking their favorite. And so some were saying, well, you know, I, we've had two pastors. We've had Apollos and we've had Paul, and, and personally, my favorite is, is Paul. And others said, no, no, you know, Paul was great. He was, he was good, but, but my favorite is Apollos. And, and, and you know, what, what, a, what a preacher Apollos was. And others said, yeah, but what a, what, what a, what a, what a, a firebrand Paul was. And so they were beginning to, to choose and make comparison. And as a result of that, this led to division in the church. And look what happened. Look what the Apostle Paul had to say about that as he wrote to the church. We pick up the reading in verse 3. He says, while you're making these divisions concerning the different pastors, you're, you're, you're yet carnal. Whereas there is among you envy and strife and division. Are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, uh, I am of Paulus, are, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have a planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And by the way, uh, I, I don't know of the case, any case of that ever happening at Redwood. I really don't. I'm not, I'm not kind of scolding you here and saying don't, don't be comparing pastors. I don't, I don't know, of no, uh, is, at least in my, in my history here, no one has ever contacted me and said, oh, pastor, Pastor Tomlinson, we wish you were still our pastor. Uh, you're such a great preacher. You preach so much better than Don Ohm, or you preach, preach so much better than, than Harry Jackson or than, than David Azzarello and Ryan Johnson. You know, Pastor, we, 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 just, we miss you so much. No one's ever done that. So I'm not, I'm not saying that. Wait a minute. Actually, one person has done that. Uh, one person has contacted me and said, I wish you were still the preacher because you preach so much better than, than Don Ohm and Harry Jackson. Just but one person. But it was my wife, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> Other than my wife, <clears throat> no one has ever said you can outpreach those guys. So I'm not scolding you for that. I'm not talking about that. What I'm, what I'm emphasizing is this. Go back to verse, verse 7. In verse 7, the Apostle Paul says this. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. Would you underline this? But God that giveth the increase. The thing I want you to see is that it's God that gives the increase. We must never forget that God is the one that must give the increase. I'm, I'm emphasizing that we only have so much influence over the harvest. We need to be sensitive to the Lord of the harvest as he directs you as to how he wants his church to minister in the Bay Area. 
Things have changed in 45 years. Your church has changed in 45 years. That's okay. <clears throat> That's God's business. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and let God make the changes and the transitions that he wants us to do. If we want to stay faithful and steadfast over the next 45 years, we have to remember this is God's church. <clears throat> the styles may change a little bit, but the Bible never changes. The gospel never changes. The goals never change. The mission never changes. And that is that we get the gospel to every creature. We reach people with the wonderful grace of God. He is the founder. He is the builder. And I want to say to you very quickly, he is the protector. Jesus went on to say in that, in that verse, upon this rock, speaking of himself, I will build my church. It's my church. I'll build it. You just need to be sensitive to how I want you to build it. I'll guide you as to how these different ministries. The, uh, <clears throat> ministries will change, all right, as far as how we do them. The bus ministry was huge in the 1970s. When we started the church here, bus ministry, that's how many of our people were saved. Um, uh, Dave and Karen Hooker, saved through the bus ministry, right? Dave, where are you at? Bus ministry, right? Yeah, we had five buses, but, but, here, but here's the point. <coughs> we, we, built, we built almost all of our reaching families through the bus ministry. But we don't do that at Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach. It doesn't work anymore. It's not the same way. And we still, we still have a bus ministry, and we still reach out to, to children. But the point is that in those days, in the 70s, um, you could, we would reach the children. They would let their kids come to church. Then we'd go back over to the house and soul winning and lead the parents to Christ. And fa entire families were coming in that way. Um, <clears throat> perhaps today you're going to have a little bit different. You, you'd be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as he leads through your pastor and, and the leadership. And, you, and you're sensitive to how God wants you to impact this area. My church, I will build it. But then look at this very quickly. He is the protector of the church. He said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. In the word picture here, the, word, the picture is not a church that is in a defensive mode, defensive position. It's in a church, it, the, the word picture is that we are in the offensive position. In other words, we are not defending against the gates of hell. The picture that Jesus gives us is not that Satan has a kingdom and, he's gonna, uh, and, and his kingdom ha, has gates and Satan is taking his gates and he's rushing over to Redwood Baptist Church and saying, and hitting you with his gates. No, it's that you are rushing him and his gates are not, are not able to hold you back. It's not that you're on the defensive and you're, 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 you're huddled right here in your little building saying, you know, we got to be really careful because the devil might get in. No, it's that the devil uh, is building up some barriers trying to keep you out, but the gates of hell are not going to prevail against his church. Jesus said, you just keep going out and you keep going forward. You be sensitive to my leadership and I will show you how that you, that you penetrate those barriers. You see, <clears throat> we as a church are attacking Satan's kingdom. His gates are not strong enough to keep us out. C.T. Studd, the great missionary, said this. He said, some people want to live within the sound of church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue mission within a yard of hell. A great statement. <clears throat> some people want to live within the sound of the chapel bell. 
He said, not me. I want to run a rescue mission within a yard of hell. Redwood Baptist Church started as a rescue mission where hurting people can come and find the love and healing of Jesus. It's still one today. And I would say to you, keep running that rescue mission and he will protect you. He will take care of you. He'll part the Red Sea for you just as he did nine years ago. And your church has a history of that. We have a history of, of, of when we're up against the wall and we don't know what to do and there's, no, and there's no solution. We get on our knees before God and say, God, we don't know what to do and God steps in. I'll give you one example in closing. In 1982, we purchased the former property on Fifth Avenue. We sold our little building in San Carlos and man, we were so excited. We got the U-Haul trucks. <coughs> That's the way we did it back in the old days. We got the U-Haul trucks. Some of the men came over to, to, took the day off work and came over to meet me at the church, <clears throat> the church building in San Carlos. We loaded everything up. We had sold it to the church, that the, the uh, uh, Samoan church is still over there today. And we sold it to them. We gave them the keys. We loaded our, everything that we owned onto the, our U -Haul, little U-Haul trucks there that we, we had we'd rented. <clears throat> we walked away and said, God bless you. Good luck to you. May the Lord bless your ministry here. We got in the U-Haul trucks and we got all our stuff and we drove over to Fifth Avenue in Redwood City, back to Redwood City where we had started. And we were so excited. Large piece of property and uh, God was good. <clears throat> we moved over to that place. We started unloading everything. We moved in. It was a Wednesday. The idea was that on Wednesday night, we would hold our midweek service in the new property. Just as we were bringing everything in, just as we got the, the trucks unloaded, a sheriff's car pulled up. And the sheriff got out and he walked over and he asked for me. He found me and he handed me a paper. And the paper was a cease and desist order and a, a, uh, an order that I was to stay, a restraining order to keep me within, I could not be within, I think it was 100 feet of the property, 500 feet of the property, something like that. So cease and desist, restraining order against me that I was not allowed to be within 500 feet of the property. We, it came out of nowhere. We didn't see this thing coming. We had already sold our other building. It was Wednesday night. We, that banner they were holding, they were, that, that was that day. <laughs> we were putting up this banner saying grand opening, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, there was no grand opening. Not only was there no grand opening, there was nowhere to meet the, following, the, the coming Sunday. It was Wednesday night. I wasn't even supposed to be in there within 500 feet of the property. He told me, he, said, he escorted me off the property. He said, you're not allowed on this property. We have a restraining order against you. <clears throat> the church that was renting the property before us, it turned out had some kind of a problem with the, the owners who had sold it to us. So really, this really had nothing to do with us. But the church that was already renting it, you've got the triangle here. This church is renting. We're buying. This is the seller. This church, we're not connected, really. We're just buying this property from the, from the seller. But the seller had uh, some kind of, th these two people had some kind of a beef with each other. The church that was renting it sued the, the seller, and they sued us, too. And so, therefore, I, we ended up with this restraining order. So we left. We had nowhere to meet. We had nowhere to go. We had no idea how to get out of the mess. Our church family was reading the Psalms together at home. And then on Wednesday night, we would meet together and we would 
we would cover what we had read that week. Well, that night, on Wednesday night, our people were planning to come to the, to the property there. And so I, I told my wife, I'm going. If I get arrested, I'll get arrested, but I, I, can't, you know, I can't just not show up. I'm not going to hang out there, but I, I've got to go in and tell the people what happened. And so we went in that night, and we had that Wednesday night service, and our people came in so pumped, so excited, looking around at our new property. And I said, by the way, um, this, isn't, this isn't our new property, I guess. Maybe it, I don't know what it is. I just know we got sued, and we, 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 we're not allowed on the property. The scripture we were reading that week was Psalm 66. And so that night, we, met, we gathered together and we covered these verses. Psalm 66, 8 to 12. Oh, bless our God, ye people. Make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net, and thou laidest affliction upon our loins. It wasn't the other church. It was God that put us there. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. We got on our knees before God that night. We committed, committed the matter to him. And over the next few weeks, we went through the fire. We went through the floods. But you know what happened? God brought us into a wealthy place. The first 12 months in that building after we got everything settled and we, got, we were able to meet there, we doubled our attendance. We doubled our finances. I mean, what had taken us seven years, it had taken us seven years to reach 170 in Sunday school. First year in that property, after one year, we were averaging 340. It had taken us seven years to reach, I forget what the amount of finances was. We doubled it the next year. God took care of us. That experience brought new meaning to an old song. In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night seasons and all the day long. Forty-five years ago, there was no reason to believe that all of this would be here. Forty-five years ago, when that police officer looked up and said, what are you doing here? Who gave you permission to do this? Who said you can do it? We were meeting in a rented building. We had a little handful of people. There was absolutely no reason to believe that this 24-year-old kid and his 22-year-old wife and their one-year-old baby. You wouldn't look at them and say, you wouldn't say, someday this property will be here. These people will be here. This ministry will be here. There was no reason except one. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that same reason that same promise that we had 45 years ago is still the promise for Redwood Baptist today. Tell me why 45 years from now you should still be an independent Baptist, gospel preaching, Bible believing, 
God-loving, people-loving, missions-minded church, sending the gospel around the world, I could give you one. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Thank God for his grace. If you're here as a member of this church, would you dedicate yourself to our God first and to your church second, to each other? Would you be willing to say today, I want to be here for the next 45 years, and I want to see God continue to do these miracles that he's done in the history of this church. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, you're missing the greatest life you, you can ever have. You're missing out on heaven for all eternity. And then if you're here today and you're looking for a good church home in Redwood City, I would like to recommend this one. If I lived in this city, this is where I'd put my membership. And I, I'm not just saying that. I did it when I lived in this city. I put my membership here. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. Let's rededicate ourselves to Christ today. And to that great truth. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's stand with our heads bowed if we, if we could please. Our heads bowed for just a moment. I'm going to ask you two questions and then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor. But after, before I turn it over to Pastor, I want to ask you these two questions. Question number one is this. <clears throat> is there someone here today that would be willing to say, Brother Dwight, God has spoken to my heart. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm a member of this church. Or maybe you're not a member of this church, but you're, you know the Lord. If, I wonder if there's anybody here today that would say, Brother Dwight, God has spoken to my heart today, and I want to rededicate myself to serving him and to making, helping Redwood Baptist to be what God wants it to be. On this 45th anniversary, I want to just kind of rededicate myself to the, 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 the Lord and to the, the focus of his, his focus for the church. I'm saved, but God has spoken to my heart today. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? And right back down all over the auditorium. God bless you. God bless you. Especially those of us who are members of this church. Yes, God bless you. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed.